0: Thank you for listening to Christian Family Church Podcast. Here at CFC, our mission is to live and communicate the power of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ to the world around us. From wherever you're listening, we hope you'll be encouraged by this week's message. God is so amazing. I don't think I said this to Carol yesterday, but what I'm preaching on is the Holy Spirit. (laughs) He said he he just brings it all together without us communicating or anything. I just think it's so wonderful. So, my name's Dee. I'm pretty sure you all know me. (laughs) Good morning, and good morning to all of you in Birri. Alan, Leanne, and hope you've got a big lot of people there and that you've been having a good morning too. So this morning, my title of the message is Walking in the Spirit or Living in the Spirit, either way, either way you want to look at it. And to begin with, I want to go right back to the Old Testament, to the Ten Commandments. Remember, God had brought the Israelites out of Egypt and he gave them the Ten Commandments and so many other laws. And I just want to read a little bit about the covenant that God made with them. And it was a, a conditional covenant. I always call it the If and But covenant. It was a bit difficult when I was trying to find it because there's no If and But covenant in the dictionary. <laughs> but the... Um, it was a conditional covenant which meant that it was an agreement between two parties that they would each honour and do what they had promised. So let's have a look at it. It's in Deuteronomy 28, verses 1 to 2. If you've got your Bibles, open them up. If not, it's yep, it's up there. So... It says, if you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all his commands that I am giving you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the world. You will experience these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. Okay, now let's skip a bit and go down to the next scripture. Deuteronomy 28.15. I hope it's coming. Yep. But if you refuse to listen to the Lord your God and do not obey all the commands and decrees I am giving you today, all these curses will come and overwhelm you. Now, in both instances in this covenant... It goes on, like from those first verses, it goes quite a long way about all the blessings, that they will have good crops, they will have rain when they need it, they will have everything they need. And then the next bit, the curses go on forever and ever. So it was a covenant which said, if you will do this, I will do this. God said, if you do this, I will do this. Now we know from history they could not keep that covenant. The rules they went on and on forever and then even as time went on the leaders in the church made it even harder. They just added and added to the rules. It was impossible. But God had a reason for that too. But I'm not going into that today. But now let's look at the new covenant. I want to go to um, Ezekiel. This is, again, a prophet in the Old Testament telling what would happen in the future. And it's Ezekiel 36, 26 to 27. Listen closely. There's something I really want you to take in in this, but I'll tell you first, this is God. Count how many I wills in it. That's what I find really great. I will do this, God says. I will do this. I will do it. It is not a conditional covenant. It's a one God covenant. Just one. I will do it. So God says, and I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. I will put my spirit in you. There is no question about it. I will do this. And later on, Jesus says to his disciples, it's better if I leave you. It's better for you that I go back to my father because then the Holy Spirit will come. He will teach you all things. He will guide you. He will comfort you. The Holy Spirit is just so important in our lives. And what I really want to get through today is, one part of it is, the Holy Spirit, he is in us. If we have... I better qualify a little bit. If we have given our hearts to God, if we've given our lives, the Bible says if we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord, believe in our heart that he was raised from the dead, we will be saved. If we confess, if we believe, the Holy Spirit lives in us. And as you think about that, I don't know why I've never really, really really thought about it before but the Holy Spirit in me is God the Holy Spirit power lives in me it's not out there that I have to keep saying please give me this or please give me that I need more of this, I need more of that it's in me, it's in you that Holy Spirit is in us I always used to say, pray to God I'd say Lord I need more love I need more patience. I need more this, need more that. And every time, God would say to me quietly, you've already got it. It's like, do you remember um, the prodigal son and the second son? He was furious that the son had come back and father had given him everything and taken him back as his son. And he said but, to his dad, well, you never gave me a party and you never did this and you never did that. The Father just quietly said, "But son, everything I've got's yours. We have the Holy Spirit in us. Everything of God is ours. But of obviously, we have to live wisely in all of this. The Holy Spirit's not going to give you anything that's not good for you. I wrote this little bit down that I saw somewhere. It says, The lifestyle of men and women in the new covenant is that of loving, even as they are loved by God. And that is an impossible goal apart from the work of the Spirit. Just got to find him. My next little page. There we go. Now, I haven't got these scriptures up on the, on the board. Andrew said, can you give me your notes by Tuesday for Sunday? And I just thought, hmm, yeah, right. So it's a little bit without a few. But Romans chapter 8, verses 1 to 2 says, Now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. We, are, we do not live in condemnation. God has forgiven us. As Andrew said last week, our sins have been removed as far as the east is from the west. The power of the life-giving spirit, which is in you, I added that bit, has freed you through Jesus Christ from the power of sin that leads to death. Then Romans 8, 9 says, but you are not Controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the spirit if you have the spirit of God living in you. Therefore, we are in Christ and he is in us and this is an accomplished fact. But I love this statement. It says, it is our nature now. Our sin nature is dead, cut off, gone. Yes, our fleshly nature still wants to have a go but you can say no to it. We have that ability. We can choose and I love this. It is our nature, it is your nature to be led by the Spirit constantly hearing the voice of the Spirit. It's our nature to be led by the Spirit. That's our nature that God has given us. And I would bet, probably shouldn't be saying I would bet, but I would bet that each one of you is led by the Spirit. So often we're led by the Spirit and we don't even realise it. Sometimes we realise afterwards. Sometimes we never realise it. It took me years to understand that the voice of the Spirit was just like my own thinking. We'll get onto that little bit a bit later, but the big thing here is you have everything you need to lead a holy, godly, exciting life because the Spirit lives in us. So, How do we walk in the Spirit? I've found that each day now when I get up I say to God well, I yield myself to you today, Holy Spirit. Help me to hear you. Help me to obey you. Help me to do what you're telling me to do. Now, I have to say since I started doing this I have never been so busy in my whole life. (laughs) But, there's a big but here. Each time, God has somehow worked my time around that I have got everything that I have thought I needed to do plus what he's asked me to do. And it's great. I go to bed and I'm out like a light because I've been so busy, have a wonderful sleep and up ready for the next morning. So don't be frightened that you haven't got time. So my first point is meditate on the word of God. Now, meditate. We don't hear a lot about it these days in our Christian life. And I'm not talking about Eastern meditation. This is the difference between Eastern meditation and Christian meditation. Eastern meditation, you empty your mind of everything. And I don't know what you do then. But not a good idea. A very dangerous practice. Because you're opening your mind to whatever. Don't do that. Christian meditation is absolutely filling your mind with God with the scriptures, talking to God, listening to God, chewing on God. It, I was thinking about it and I thought, Mike, how, oh, you might not know, um, who's a farmer? Can't see it. Okay, how many stomachs has a cow got? I don't know. <laughs> four? Okay, four. Right, the cow, you can tell me later if I'm wrong, Rach. The cow chews the grass up, whatever it's eating. Swallows it, regurgitates it, chews on it, swallows it, and I presume it does this four times. Now, it sounds awful regurgitating it all, but what's what we need to do with the Word of God? Get it think about it, do what Andrew said ask how, why, when, where Holy Spirit, what do you got to say about this get a scripture that you're interested in and really, really just let it sit for a week or something just sitting going down, coming up going down, coming up just regurgitating it and it's amazing what can happen I am um, I had a scripture and I was really confused about it. It was quite a plain scripture but there was just questions. And I looked up all these commentaries. I wasn't satisfied. I asked a lot of people here what they thought and I still wasn't satisfied. And I asked God. And I didn't get any answer straight away, but a week Oh, a week or so after I was walking the dog, and this is the best place to hear God is when you're walking the dog and you're just calm and anyway, I was walking the dog in the cemetery. And all of a sudden it was just that verse came to me in my mind and the absolute meaning of the part I was questioning. I just thought, I just was I've got it. I understand. God had brought that understanding to me. The Holy Spirit had brought it up and given me the explanation. Now, it's funny. I could not tell you what that verse was anymore. But if I saw it or if I needed it, I'm sure the Holy Spirit would bring it back to my remembrance because I really had learned it. But once I knew the answer, I wasn't thinking on it anymore. But as you do that with a scripture, it's amazing and like for an example a beautiful scripture to meditate on and I know I've thought about this one a lot is I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live that is such an important sentence to our whole life and it goes on to say the life I live in the body I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. because when you say, "I in our baptism, we say we've been crucified with Christ. we've gone down into the waters, our sin nature is gone. We are a new creation. And as you think and cogitate on that one, regurgitate it, it's just so amazing. It is exciting. The next point I've got, that first one was meditate on the word. Second one is I've written up, practice the word, but what I mean by that is be a doer of the word. It's not much good reading the Bible, reading it every day, reading all the words and saying, yeah, well, I've read the Bible now, that's it, done my day's thing and you can't remember a thing about what you've read. Sure, you're not going to remember all of it, but look for something that will help you just to think about it. But being a doer of the word is, um, let's say, for example, in in our family church, in our thing, we have great opportunities to serve. The Bible tells us to serve one another. Well we've got big opportunities, we've got little opportunities. It's holding a baby for a mum if they've got toddler crying and bubs crying and it's, if you see the dirty tea towels out in the kitchen and they've been forgotten to be taken, take them home and wash them. That's being a doer of the word. In, In serving it says to serve and you can serve in bigger ways. I'd love some cooks for the this is just a byline. Some cooks for Kids ink, But, you know, you can do big things. You can do little things. But serve. Another way is, well, just being kind to one another. If you see someone in the church who's standing by themselves or sitting by themselves, go and talk to them. And I know that makes us uncomfortable sometimes. We don't know what to say or how to react, but... Be kind. Go and talk to them. And this is not just in church either. Out in the street. I love walking the dog. The dog always gives you an opportunity to talk to so many people. People stop you to talk about the dog and you see other people with dogs and it's it's lovely. And of course there's love one another. And that is done in so many ways. But so... Be a doer of the word. Be a doer of it. Practice doing it. Don't just read the Bible and say, done that, been there. Gosh, we must have started early or I've talked fast. Anyway, third point listen to the Spirit. And look, do you know, I didn't give you any of those verses I had for those, those things. And I'm going to go back and do it because they were important. Um, if I could find them. Meditate on the word. Proverbs 4, 20 to 22. Sorry, guys, I'm really mucking you up. It doesn't matter if you don't. Yeah. It says... Pay attention to my, my child to what I say. Listen carefully. Don't lose sight of my words. Let them penetrate deeply within to your heart, for they bring life and radiant health to everyone who discovers their meaning. And I thought that that verse brings radiant health to anyone who discovers their meaning. They're talking about. Feeding on the word, thinking about it, meditating on it. And then pra- practising the word. James one twenty two is very blunt. He says, and remember, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourself. I know I've had people say to me, oh, yeah, I've read the Bible. And you can just see how they're acting and reacting. They may have read it, but they have not understood a word of it. We have to have open hearts. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what is in it. And then the third one, listen to the Spirit. And we'll do the first verse this time. John 16:13. When the Spirit of truth comes... He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. The Holy Spirit in us speaks to us constantly, whether we recognize that he is speaking to us or not. Constantly, but I'm no, I know. I've I mean I've had people say to them this so often. Oh, I just had this thought, I must ring that person. That's the Holy Spirit asking you to ring them. I must, oh, that person's been sick. Maybe I could cook them a meal. Again, the Holy Spirit leading you into what to do. Hands up if you've had something like that. I expected you all, a bet you have, and you've not even recognised it's a spirit. Bet you have, because not many hands went up, but I bet, this is what I found, because I was really bashing myself up at one stage, thinking, I never hear the spirit, I never that. And then I was reading the Bible, and it just said, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. And I thought, I'm his sheep. Therefore, I'm hearing his voice whether I recognise it or not. And that was the beginning of me practising listening. To hear. The Holy Spirit's never going to tell you to go and do something wrong. Never, ever. Because you will have your own fleshly thoughts as well. Forget them. Just say, nah, not doing it. Don't do what I did and I've never forgotten it. We were at work and we were gossiping and I was about to say something and it was very clear in my mind, don't say that. Do you know how I responded? I even can remember how I responded. I said, but I want to and I did and I wore the consequences. Not a good idea. If the Holy Spirit tells you something, even if you think it's yourself, And it's wrong, don't do it. So I learnt the hard way. Now I try to be very, I really am really trying these days to listen to my thoughts. Because again, the Bible says taking every thought that exalts itself above Christ, take it captive. Take those thoughts captive. Don't act on them, take them captive. We can do it because sin's dead in our life. Nothing is stopping us from doing the wrong thing. Nothing except ourselves. So in listening, we just just need to listen. Something funny happened to me the other day. Well, I think it was funny, strange. I was walking the dog and walking past a house on the other side of the road and I knew my old boss lived there. And I hadn't seen her in a year. And there had been a little reason why I was avoiding it a bit. And the thought went through my mind, you could go and visit her. The next thought I had, I was standing in the middle of the street, was basically, "Um, yeah, all right, I might as well keep going. Now, I can't tell you I had any basic thought from standing here and being over there in the middle of the street, and I thought, might as well keep going. So I went over, knocked on the door, and we had a really, really good chat. It was beneficial to both of us, and it was wonderful. Now, if I'd turned around, and maybe that's why I was all of a sudden in the middle of the street, instead still there thinking, will I, won't I? But if I hadn't kept going, I would have missed that. And then again in the same week, I was driving past another friend's house and she was sitting out in the sun and, and she was a little bit disabled. And I thought, oh, I could go and chat with her. And then I looked, looked at the time and I thought, I've got half an hour before the next appointment. I could go home, make the bed and do the dishes. This is at three in the afternoon. And then I th- and then just, I thought, no, if that's the Holy Spirit, turned the car around and went back. And for a half an hour, we had the most glorious time together. If you say yes to the spirit, it's wonderful. It is just so wonderful hearing him and then seeing what happens when you do what he tells you what to do. And look, it didn't matter about the bed or the dishes. No one was coming home to it except me. I I climbed into an unmade bed and I did the dishes in the morning. It doesn't matter. What's more important, people or the bed? So, in all of this, in something I read it said, uh, a guy was talking about listening and hearing the Spirit and he'd said to the people, I want you to practise for a week saying yes to the Spirit and come back and tell me what happens. I'd love to give you that challenge today. Challenge you to say yes to the Spirit every time, whether you've got time or not. God knows, he'll orchestrate it. But Say yes to the Spirit. And the last thing I want to talk about is, and I haven't, haven't given the boys anything for this, but ask him to help you see with the eyes of the Spirit. You remember, we've been talking about Joshua in, in the last week. Well, remember Joshua and Caleb and the ten spy, uh, the eight spies, right? Now, they're sent out to spy out the land. The eight spies come back and say, Oh, yeah, it's good land. Look at the produce. But, but... The people are giants. They're, they've descended from the giants. The cities are walled fortresses. They're so big and thick. There's no way we can go and do this. No way. And the Bible says the people shook and were frightened and scared and, and talked among themselves. No, we can't do this. The eight spies looked at what their flesh could see, what they could see normally. Joshua and Caleb were so upset that they tore their clothes and they said, listen, the Lord has said he will give us the land. The Lord has sent it as ours. The Lord has said he will fight for us. The Lord, every time they spoke, they said, God has said They were seeing with the eyes of the spirit. They had that choice to look at what they could see with their natural eyes or to look and see what God has said. And why I'm bringing that up, I know there's a lot of people that since COVID seem to have had so many problems coming upon them. It's either been sickness or 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 house failures and things like that. And I know in my own family, my own family is going through the most stressful, stressful time at the moment. And it seems impossible. The answer seems absolutely impossible for them. But this is what has helped me in that. God says... Look at what I say. Look with your spiritual eyes. Don't look what you see. If you look what you see, there is no hope. You've had it. But if you look into what I see, what God sees, God will do the miraculous. God, He's promised all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. That's His promise. He cannot break it. He will not break it. The Bible says nothing can separate us from the love of God. There's passages in the Bible that says for yourself and the generations that come after you. And I'm claiming that. But look with practice also, looking with the eyes of the spirit. Now, some people see actual visions and things like that. I have only done that once. But my way of looking with the eyes of the spirit at the moment is to look at the word of God. To hang on to it. To hold on to it. To say what God will do. I've no idea how he could possibly fix the problem my family are in. Just no idea. And if he didn't, there would be tragedy. But... He's the god of the impossible. He's the god of the living, not the dead. And we are in him and he is in us. The holy spirit is in us. The power of God through Christ, we can do anything. Without him, we can do nothing. And I'll finish there. But it's just wanted you to that's the two points I want you to remember. The Holy Spirit is in you, willing. He wants more than anything. He wants to make you more and more like Christ. And if we say yes to him, he will do that. He will do it. That's his his position, to reveal Christ to us, to make us like him. So let's just pray. Father... I pray that you give us ears to hear, eyes to see, that the Holy Spirit is living in us. Open our ears, our eyes, our spiritual being. As that song said before, come Holy Spirit. Set us on fire, Lord. Move within us, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. And of course if there's any here this morning that have never given their hearts to God so that they can have the Holy Spirit living in them will come out to the front later and be prayed for. If you want prayer for anything, I know there's many of us who are willingly and love to pray for people. So just come out after. Thank you.